Ashley Buck reading Alice and Lee's book, Once Upon a Proposal. And I'm reading this book because this book came out of nowhere for me. I originally bought the book, um, Cheryl Wood's book, One Step Away. And I bought it at a Rite Aid because it was going to throw it away. And I so technically didn't buy it. They just gave it to me. They tore it off the front cover, so I didn't know there was two books inside. And this book came out of nowhere. But it was a good book. <laughs> so, Once Upon a Proposal, Chap Prologue. Corny, I promise you that I'm not meddling in the boys' affairs anymore. Harrison Hunt sat at his desk, talking on the phone in an office high atop the Hunter com Complex in Seattle. He no longer ran the computer juggernaut that had been a brainchild of his and his best friend, George Fairchild, a lifetime ago. Harry... Harry's eldest son, Grayson, ran the operation now, but Harry still maintained his office at their headquarters. Still kept his finger in a lot of pies, most because it pleased him to ruffle Gray's feathers to keep the boy from beginning and becoming too much like his old man. He didn't want his son making the same mistakes he had, and while he hadn't been too popular with them a few years earlier when he forced their hands into doting wedding rings, everything had turned out well all around. Even they... I managed to admit that. Now, don't lie to me, Harry, Cornelia Fairchild was saying. She was George's widow. More importantly to Harry, she was his old. I had lunch with Amelia this afternoon. Amelia, Gray's wife, and if truth be told, not an all punishable pushover that her sweet name and demeanor would have suggest. Terry picked up one of the framed photographs on his desk of Gray and Amelia in their brow in brood. Larger than Harry had ever dared hoped, considering his son and daughter-in-law were also raising Millie's niece and nephews. All I did was suggest that Gray wasn't getting any younger. If they want another baby, they ought to get cracking. That's true enough, isn't it? He placed the photograph among the others in his collection. And there was a collection where, for most of his lifetime, there had been none at all. Coming from anyone but you, that might be good enough assurance, Cornelia said wearily. Let your sons be, Harry. They've chosen their wives well. They're happy. Yes, they are, Harry agreed. Evidenced by their rapidly expanding family, he wanted grandchildren, and he'd gotten them. At least he was happy, wasn't he? Decided to change tack, now wanting the conversation to end where it was the first time he heard her voice in the other week. How are the girls? Fine. Couldn't said me Georgie's enjoying working with Alex and all the travel includes. Frankie is bus busier than ever at the university. Tommy's working nonstop at the little bistro of hers. And Bobby, she doesn't seem to be moping anymore about that idiot who broke up with her. He picked up the tall, isolate cut sitting on his desk pad. It's currently empty, but would be filled soon enough with a rich caffeinated brew. Bobby was corny and George's youngest daughter, and he knew that he probably saw her more often than Corny did, since Bobby personally delivered the high octane drink to him twice a week. Thankfully, she's busy raising those dogs that she can barely afford to feed. Say the word corny and none of your girls would have to work another day in their lives. It was an old argument when he'd given up on even ever winning. Once George was gone and the financial plight he'd been hiding had come to light, Corny had insisted on cleaning up the mess all on her own. She faulted 
she flatly refused Terry's assistance in every single way, but anyone's standards, she managed to do well by her girls. Despite her dismissing circumstances, Harry was as proud of each of them as he was of his own sons, but the most he'd ever been allowed to do for George's daughters was make an occasional gift to them. Still managed to speak. Despite Corny's guns a little, though, he'd given each of the girls a substantial money gift when they graduated from high school, as well as honorary seats on Hong Kong's board, seats they would have had eventually if their father hadn't secretly gambled away nearly every asset he possessed. Even in Harry's social background way, he wanted them to have options. The girls, each of them, had been beyond thrilled. Corny, the soap. She hadn't spoken to him for a solid month. Don't even bring up the subject of money with me, Harrison Hunt, Corny said, sounding testy. Anyway, the girls are fine, alone, of course, but I guess I shouldn't complain. That's generally all their own choosing. Living up at a mother's example, Harry pointed out, not the first time. Cornelia had never remarried after George. She'd never been seriously involved with anyone again. As if she'd been determined to prove after having a marriage that turned out less perfect than it had seemed on the surface that she needed only her daughters to be happy. Even he could see the irony that he had taken him nearly two decades to recognize that particular point. But he'd been the good he'd been the one who could make a computer sing if George who'd had to begin to deal with people, Cornelia in particular. I want my daughters to have fulfilling lives of their choosing. Cornelia returned importantly. Harry's methods where his full-grown sons had been concerned had been much more hands-on. Considering he threatened to take away everything that mattered to them, they didn't get married and start families within the 12 months he allowed them. But he had good reason at the time, and even now he couldn't entirely regret the choice he'd taken. You're telling me you don't wish you could hold your old grandbabies in your arms before you die? Cornelia gave a short muffled up. Trust me, Harry, to rem- to rem- Remind me just how old I am. <laughs> he grinned, looking at the framed photograph from Gray and Amelia's wedding that sat in the center of all the rest. But it wasn't his son and new bride in the picture. It was Cornelia, clothed in soft gold, slender and fair-haired, looking ever bit as lovely as she had when she, when she, George and Harry had been youngsters chasing around together. What a friend's for. <laughs> she laughed again and his smile widened. It was there even after they hung up. And a few minutes later, a familiar brunette with corkscrew hair peeked her head around his office door. She was holding a familiar-looking coffee cup. How many times had he wanted to make Corny's dreams come true? Too many to count. He waved his dearest friend's youngest daughter into his office, his mind suddenly ticking. He got his boys on the road of marital bliss, hadn't he? Why not his dear Corny girls? He smiled widened as Bobby crossed the office toward him. After all, what were friends for? in the prologue.